My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In this second Sunday of Advent, we receive an invitation to go to the desert, which is always mysterious. A desert could be wonderful in the sense, shocking, quiet, wonderful because of the, its colors. You can see stars at night at the desert, but it is always a lonely place with no refuge, no place to hide. So it's challenging. So let's follow the advice of John the Baptist. And uh, in the gospel today, preparing for Christmas, says, Behold, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. And John the Baptist appeared in the desert proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from all Judea and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going to him to be baptized. They were attracted. They were discovering something beautiful in the desert, the truth of themselves. And this is something that maybe for my preparation for Christmas is good for me. To get into a place, my Lord, where I can meditate, I can meet you face to face without distractions. I remember some years ago during the lockdown in the U.S., we had the opportunity with people from the school where I work to make a road trip in the U.S. to go to visit some national parks like Yellowstone, Grand Teton, Arches, Utah, Grand Canyon in Arizona. And it was a spectacular Going through the desert inside a van with air conditioner and music is not the same as going, in this case, for penance. But still, the, the reddish rocks, like in the Western movies, the, the, it was a spectacular landscape. And I think nature many times puts us closer to God, to creation, to the beauty of creation, right? At the same time, as we were saying, my Lord, the desert is a place where I cannot hide, where I find myself in front of you. And uh, this is always a little bit scary. And uh, maybe today, preparing for Christmas, I want to enter into this journey knowing that you are with me. And this is the beauty of my vocation, that I am not just destined to be happy after my life, but in the process, because I'm walking with you. And Jesus, when I walk with you, problems are still there, even pain, but your company makes a huge difference. St. Jose Maria, the founder of Opus Dei, has this homily for Christmas, preparing for Christmas, in the book Christ is Passing By, which just the title gives you a, a hint of uh, how important it is to approach Jesus Christ passing by and inviting us to come with him, walking with us. And in the first homily, 
he says, open your heart to Jesus and tell him your story. Tell Jesus the story of your vocation. Maybe this is something that we want to do today. Jesus, what's my story? And sounds very with imagination, but maybe with based on true facts, is one day, many years ago, perhaps an ordinary Christian, a friend, just like you, opened your eyes to horizons both deep and new. And he suggested to you the prospect to following Jesus Christ earnestly, seriously, of becoming an apostle of apostles. I don't know your vocation, but in my vocation, I can tell you even the name of the person that I am thinking about right now. One of my best friends in high school when I was a freshman. And there was a moment of conversion. I'm not saying that it was mystical or anything like that, but it was a moment of thinking deeply about my life, like, what are you doing? Maybe you had some experiences in your life that shocked you. Maybe it was a painful experience. Maybe it was a wonderful experience, like having a baby getting married, or maybe it was a friendship, maybe it was a moment of uh, darkness and then the light of a friend that helped you tremendously. As I was Maria continues, perhaps you lost your balance and it didn't, you didn't recover it until you freely said yes to God because you wanted to. I lost my balance in a way I was kind of a little bit yeah, and balanced because because I, I thought, what is? Are you for real? And then there was a, a question that I couldn't just postpone anymore. Is this for real? Are you for real, my my Lord? What's the meaning of my life? And then when you said yes, when I said yes to God, when I said, well, Jesus Christ, I want you to be part of my life or of my journey." Samuel says that then it came a strong constant joy which disappears only when you abandon him open your heart to jesus during advent tell him your story your vocation even if he knows it it is good for you and for for your relationship with him to go back and say jesus in my life i'm so grateful for this and that and i'm so so sad because I did this or, or that decision. I made that decision that I, re, I recognize now that it wasn't a good one or whatever. And then in that, in that dialogue, you will see how Jesus sheds light on your heart. Now, that light is, is a special light. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have seen movies or, or read books about concentration camps or prisons. Usually there's a tower there or two where there's a someone, a guard, soldier, and uh, they have a shotgun or a machine gun or whatever. And if someone gets a, gets close to the fence or try to jump the fence, they, they, they put the light, they shed the light on, on that person. And they discover them and then they shoot at them, at them, right? And they kill or they hurt the person that's trying to escape. So that light is a light that accuses is a light that points out to defects. Is a light that is embarrassing, disturbing. It's a light that paralyzes in a concentration camp. The light of God is completely different. It is a light that tells you the truth about yourself. 
Jesus Christ is not a hippie, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ is not peace and love, do whatever you want, and then move forward and it doesn't matter. No, Jesus Christ is not relativistic. When the Holy Spirit shows you sometimes wounds or sins or things in your heart, besides pointing out to the defects as something really special, you know what it is? It's a healing light. It's a light that gives you warmth. It's a coziness inside that light that encourages you to change and gives you the strength to do it. That's very special. And I want to be grateful for that, my Lord, because your truth and the truth of my life is not embarrassing. When St. Mary is saying, go to tell him your story to Jesus Christ, your present, your past story, maybe your, your whole life, and you will discover things during Lent, during those strong moments in the year like Advent or, or Lent, or Lord is, is pointing out to things that maybe need to be changed or scars in the past that are not completely healed. But it's not accusing you. It's showing you something that can be changed, can be transformed. So the first thing in the desert is not to hide. It is scary, but it's in your presence that I examine myself. There is this um, saint, her name is uh, Guadalupe Ortiz. She was a numerary, a celibate person in Opus Dei. Very normal. I read the book about her life. And the striking thing is that she's very normal. And I like it a lot because of that, precisely because of that, that she's normal. And once she was doing her retreat, her spiritual retreat, and, and we someone kept her notes. And they are wonderful. They are very applicable to us. In one of the days of her retreat, she was praying to God. She was talking to him, to you, my Lord. And then she said, I like to plunge deeper into silence and reach where only God is in her heart. To plunge deeper there and to reach where only God is, where not even the angels without our permission can enter. Not even my guardian angel, St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, nobody, because it's my place of intimacy with God. Of course, I invite the angels many times to be part of my prayer and to help me to you know, talk to our Lord or to remember him or to contemplate the beauty of the Eucharist with my guardian angel. But at the same time, there's, there are places in our hearts that is the intimacy between you and God. And there, says Guadalupe, to adore God, praise Him, and address loving words to Him. What a wonderful reality. I can enter into my heart, into the desert of my heart, both beautiful and sometimes scary. And there, in that encounter with you, my Lord, as John the Baptist is encouraging me to have this weekend, to adore you, to adore Jesus Christ, the Father, the Holy Spirit, in the temple of my heart, and then to praise you and address loving words to you. I love you. I cannot live without you. I need you. Speaking about the story of your vocation, you may have the temptation of thinking that you're not important, that you're irrelevant in history. And uh, some years ago, I was reading this book, The Autobiography of Frank Capra, written by himself, obviously. And, uh, and I learned a lot. He was a, a Catholic. He was very greedy. He recognizes that in the book. He wanted by every means 
possible to, to win an Oscar, and he won three of them almost in, in a row. And after that, he was depressed. He was saying, well, what's the meaning, meaning of my life? Once I got to this goal, what's the purpose of my existence? And he fell into crisis, existential crisis. And he was praying one day. He was not a very devout Catholic back in those days, but then he was praying, saying, well, what's the meaning of all of this? And then apparently in his prayer, God told him, I want you to be my instrument because you can talk to millions of people through your movies. You have this vocation that you are a movie director, so you can reach out to millions of people that are watching your movies, and you're a very well, well-known movie director. You're prestigious. You're, and I want to use you as an instrument. And, and apparently, he said to him, "I don't want you to make Catholic movies, officially Catholic movies. I want you to make movies that portray human dignity, Catholic values. And if you want to, you can be my instrument for that to bring." dignity to the world and then apparently capra took it and then he made after that conversion so to speak he made it's a wonderful life and other movies and um one of the things that he said in the book is that one of the most difficult things for a movie director is to convince a secondary actor or an actress that they are important to convince them because what makes the difference between a good movie and a great movie is not the main actors, because they are always good, but it's how they, the other actors perform. Because then it's when a movie is special. Everybody believes. There's a unity. There's like a symphony, right? And it's very important to convince them that they are important. So maybe God is trying to tell you the same thing. This invitation to the desert to meet yourself in front of the mirror of your vocation, to look at yourself through the eyes of Jesus Christ. And then you will discover how important you are for God, how important I am. I'm a special, whether you like it or not, whether you feel it or not, you are. I am unique, created by design. There's no copy of you, no copy of me. We are loved by God personally. And in the desert, Again, we see our scars, our past, but we see also our vocation. God is calling you with his tender voice, come, follow me. And then if we do that, we will be open to a dialogue that is natural, is familial, is wonderful, and it gives hope to the world. Look, the other day, I was running late for my, for my job to the school, and I didn't have time for breakfast in my how home and then I need to stop and Dunkin' Donuts. It was rush hour. Bunch of people in the in the place where I was stopping. I got out of the car, entered into the little, you know, place, and a uh, bunch of people running, different ages and situations in life. All of them. It was electric. You know, early in the morning, everyone's running and uh, excited about the day and drinking coffee to fuel their excitement. So it was kind of funny, and everyone was. In, in, in haste. And, and in the middle of this restaurant or this establishment, there was a table with a wonderful scene. It was a dad with his son, and the son had some mental illness. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was Down syndrome or something like that. And then he was being helped by his dad to eat. Uh, he was unable, unable to 
to dunk donuts into the milk or whatever he was drinking or the coffee. And then the dad was uh, washing his mouth, the, the, the mouth of the boy, and they were laughing. And they were having the time of their lives. And it was this kind of a contrast between uh, rushing people, hectic, going nowhere, in haste, without direction. And then in the middle of this place, like an explosion of peace, bringing dignity to Dunkin' Donuts, right, to this place, through their love, through their dialogue, through their laughing, through their peace, through their quietness and, and enjoying the moment, giving dignity, humanity to that morning. And I was contemplating them, giving thanks to God for, for such a gift of friendship, or, or in this case, fatherhood and, and, and sonship, and the experience of humanity in a world that sometimes goes so fast, my Lord. So when, when Capra, and our Lord, obviously, he's talking about uh, secondary actors being protagonists there is something very Christian, very serious about it. Your vocation is special. It is a gift for you and for the world. And we need to recognize this. I want to, my Lord. I want to recognize how beautiful my life is, not because of me, but because of your light. That again, is a light that is not accusing, is not humiliating, is a light that there's a truth and heals, accompanies, gives peace. St. John Paul II said that confession is a sacrament of joy. Confession has to do with the desert. Because in confession, we open our hearts to Jesus, through a priest, but to God, and then we receive healing, and then we are happy. The other day, I went to the ER of a hospital nearby my place, and uh, I entered there. I was visiting a person that had two seizures. On my way there, as usual, you go through these rooms with a lot of people on mats, on wheelchairs, screaming, bleeding, and then the nurses like angels going up and down, helping, giving peace, giving direction, and I thought about my life, my Lord, and, uh, and the beauty of your company, the company of the angels, and the fact that uh, sometimes we miss those opportunities to give dignity to the world, uh, and maybe Christmas is a great opportunity to open my eyes, and through confession, through healing, I can experience the, the peace of having you inside me, and of healing, and then bringing it to the world like a nurse. Giving the same peace to the world that I have in my heart, but for that to happen, I need I need to experience it. I think the fact of being forgiven has as a bonus to be able to forgive and to bring that dignity to the world that sometimes in a hectic society where we live is so needed. So I don't know what's your plan for me in this Advent, my Lord, but I want to go to meet you without fear to face my vocation because it's your calling and there is always good news when you're calling you're not calling me to to say something that will weigh me down and, and take away my peace by the contrary you will tell me hey, i need you 
to be my instrument. I need you to be a nurse in the world and to bring peace to others. And I need to, you to recognize this, to put the foundation of humility, to be forgiven. And then after you heal your wounds, to bring peace to the world. Let's ask Our Lady to, to help us in these last weeks before Christmas. Think about Mary in her last stages of, of her pregnancy with all the excitement of seeing Jesus face to face for the first time. And many times I'm sure that both her and St. Joseph felt unfitted like, uh, or dirty or unprepared or with her limitations or, or St. Joseph's limitations. And, but at the same time, they had peace. They feel, okay, I'm an instrument. It's not about me. It's what I'm bringing to the world that matters. And, and he will heal me and heal others through me. My mother Teach me how to pray. My mother, guide me through this desert of my life to that personal encounter with Jesus Christ in prayer, in the intimacy of my prayer, to discover a God that is calling me, calling me to accompany me, to heal me, and to make me happy, to bring me the good news of his presence, which is the best gift of Christmas. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.